listening to the Living in Your Passion Place podcast, hosted by me, Luca Petrucci. Welcome to a real conversation with all walks of life, ranging from leaders and change makers to my closest friends and mentors, about discovering and taking ownership of your core values, what you really want, and what you love to do, and creating an authentic and unique life around these, a life in your passion place, and then sharing it with your community and the world. Our goal is by the end of each episode, you learn insights, principles, and steps that give you clarity, confidence, and the motivation to connect or reconnect with your passions today and ignite a life full of happiness, fun, purpose, and love because you deserve it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go. Tevia Selly, the VP of Experience for Cycle Bar Franchising, is back for part two of our conversation about the power of the pivot. In this episode, we discuss how her and her team have creatively led a pivot for Cycle Bar and its 200 plus franchise studios around the world and the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns that came with it and will continue to come. She candidly shares tools and tips about how you can lead a powerful career and job pivot, no matter your role today and in the future. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So Tevia, we're back. We're back. <laughs> so, deja vu. Uh, deja vu. After having such a, a beautiful, real, authentic conversation um, about pivoting in your family life, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I feel good. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I feel eager to move forward. I think that's a good way to say it. I feel really, I feel good. I feel grounded. I feel more grounded today than I have in the last um, five days. Mm-mm. Wow. You know, and it goes back to what we talked about in our last episode, being clear, grounded, and then that's when you can start to hold space for others. Yes. So so that really goes perfectly into this. So um, Tevi, I first off, I don't know if I officially, I, th- I think I did on social media, but I'll say in person, um, congrats on your new role with Cycle Bar. <laughs> I know it's been Thank a few you. months. <laughs> Forgive Thank me. You. So, um, before we dive deep into how you're pivoting in the Cycle Bar world, how people are pivoting in their work life, um, share a little bit about your new role and, and how it's different from your previous role. Sure. Um, so my new role, Vice President of Experience, um, you know, previously I was director of education. I created all the education platforms, all the formats, uh, the cl- basically um, every class you go to, I created. Um, this is uh, experience. It's just what it feels like to walk in from the minute you walk in and the minute you walk out. So along the way of really overseeing what happens when people walk into the studio, um, what do people see on social, you know, what they see. I work with the marketing team to make sure, you know, see what they're putting out there and and that we're aligned with that experience we want people to have and and visually see um, to that feeling when someone gets their first email from Cycle Bar, they signed up. to the you know what it looks like uh when you get a writer survey to what it looks like when you walk into a community the community room of the theater to the theater just that progression um from start to finish Hmm. So, you know, for peop- some people I know that are all about cycle bar, some are probably cycle bar instructors or riders that are listening. But for those of you that don't, you know, when you walk in the cycle bar door, you first are greeted by front desk staff. And then there's uh, a check-in, which is going to look very different moving into after COVID. And then, you know, you walk through the hallways and there's lockers and restrooms, very different now. And then, you know, before this is all before you just walk into the cycling room, get your bike set up, meet the instructor, meet the community, um, yeah, so it's just, wow, wow. The, and the experience, and I'm glad you sort of um, 
went deeper on that because I forgot about the whole experience of from like social media, from marketing, from emails. I mean, there's so many aspects to the cycle bar rider experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just, you know, overall, I was so focused on instructors and, and that instructor experience in the theater, um, that it was just, the knowledge that I've had throughout my career, obviously owning studios, uh, you know, working uh, for over 20 something years in this industry was mm. that it was obviously the natural progression to mm. bring that knowledge and be able to make sure that, you know, from start to finish, the experience is what I feel like it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so this goes perfectly into our conversation. So, Tevia, and you, I know you had to. How have you creatively led a pivot for Cycle Bar, um, and just sort of explain what that looks like, and sort of your process from when we first heard about COVID coming to the U.S. Um, yeah, just sort of explain until now when some studios are open but some are not. So, uh, in the very beginning, obviously, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be, we would be where we are today. Um, with still a bunch <laughs> of studios not. closed. Um, nor did we think that every single studio would be closed at one point. Um, oh, was that the case? Every single one? Yeah, was? every single studio was closed at one point, And then I think it was West Omaha, Nebraska was allowed to open. So they closed for maybe two weeks and then they were back open with 10 bikes. Hmm. Uh, and, 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 and remind me, how many studios are there now? 202 open studios. Wow. Um, so and I think it's important, you know, people realize that, you know, we're not Soul Cycle. We're not a company that we don't own all these studios. We are a franchisor. We're a franchising mm-hmm. company. So uh, you work, you don't work for Cycle Bar Franchising. You work for Cycle Bar Culver City, which mm-hmm. on your D, you know, your W-2 shows <laughs> Steph's DBA, right? <laughs> or, or her corporation, and it's not You're the Cycle best, Bar. Steph. Right. She is the best. Uh, you know, I think that people and listeners um, and even cycle stars, because they often get confused. We are and this is really key in this whole everything we're going to talk about is that, you know, we sell um, franchises to people. It's their business. They've got to run their business within our franchise agreement, meaning that we have a brand that they have to represent mm-hmm. um, certain things. And then we provide resources um, and a playbook that we hope they follow, and some don't and some do. Um, more do than don't. Um, but it is a different situation. So for us, immediately... When we, I think it was the first studio to close down was um, Novato in Northern California and then um, the Seattle studios. Those were our mm. first studios. Uh, and then it just, within I think 72 hours, it was like boom, boom, boom. It was like every day, 10, 10, 20, 30. Um, I remember that Monday, that's almost cycle bar, Sunday night, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, you know, really, uh, with not a lot of, obviously you don't have a a plan for shutting down all your studios when (laughs) you just don't, um, now we do. So if it ever happens again, it's going to be half the work. Um, but uh, you know, I think fortunately, um, we have a really great team of, uh, corporate team so that we dug in, uh, you know, oftentimes in the office, we'd, all, we'd be in our, our area. We're in an exponential, uh, is the company, our parent company. And within exponential, there are eight brands and we all exist on this property. Um, it's a lot of people. And so oftentimes we're, in our space and we don't see each other or talk to each other. So we really realized quickly that communication was so key. So Mm, it was daily calls. mm. So it was like every morning, you know, um, market, you know, the VP of marketing, the VP of sales, um, SVP of operations and myself got on a call every single 
day at 9 a.m. Um, before that, we'd all get on calls with our people so we could, you know, have plans of actions, uh, plan of action. But I think the quickest thing for us was how do we save our franchisees? You know, these- and, and, and you being a previous studio owner, you know how it felt to own and run a studio. Oh my God. And, and not to have income coming in and shutting your doors yet still being on the hook for rent. And, you know, you've invested, some people invested their entire life savings to open a cycle bar. So immediately it's survival mode. And I think in general, I think the entire fitness industry, kudos to all of our competitors as well. I yeah, think everybody, totally. um, whether it be Barry's Bootcamp or, you know, um, Pilates and, you know, Yoga Six, all of our, our brands as well, we all, you know, pivoted very, very quickly. Um, you know, coming up with solutions of, hey, rent your bikes out. Hmm. We don't know how long it's going to be. But we know at least it's a couple weeks. You can rent bikes out and 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 do classes, you know, live stream classes. Um, obviously, we launched um, Expo Go, which had all the uh, video on demand classes that was in the works, but it wasn't ready to launch. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I, I was one of those instructors. I yeah. remember. I was you're, when you're, it happened. You're I'm one like... of our instructors. <laughs> um, there was a moment, and and you know, fortunately for us. Uh, cycle bar we we had um we, we there were there were some uh classes on them that we didn't want to be let out but we had no choice so that was a moment where i just had to put my hands up in the air and say something's better than nothing mm. um we got to give our franchisees an opportunity to have revenue Hmm. Uh, so it was just a matter of, for me, and I'm a control freak when it comes to the <laughs> brand, every cycle star, every instructor who works or worked at one point for Cycle Bar, you know, is like, oh, she's crazy. She's a control freak. But I am when it comes to branded ride formats, because, mm. you know, that's how you get to 202 studios. Yes. Um, and you can go to Fresno, or you can go to Culver City, or you can go to Washington, D.C., or Seattle, or Denver, or Omaha, Nebraska, and you get a cycle bar experience, right? And so you have to have these boundaries. So, you know, letting people, making it acceptable to live stream and do that, I mean, I saw things that normally would have put my blood pressure so high. And there were moments where I just had to shut my phone off and just go, don't look. And there are still, you know, in cycle bar instructors that when I see on my Instagram, they're like, so-and-so is going live. It's like, don't, don't touch it. Don't look. Do not look. That moment where you're like, no, no, no. Um, sometimes it's better not to know. Um, but, you know, just letting go of that control and knowing that, you know, when we exit out of this and, and into reopening and relaunching that we'll pull the reins in. We've always mm. been a brand that obviously we have eight other brand or eight brands total at Exponential. So we don't want to offer a boot camp. We don't want to re- offer uh, Pilates. We don't want to offer yoga. We have those brands within the Expo brand. Um, but we allowed um, franchisees to, hey, if that generates income and you have somebody who teaches yoga, go for it. Go for it. Um, and eventually, we're you know, we're going to start to pull that, pull that back um, because we're, you know, Cycle Bar, we do indoor cycling we don't do indoor cycling yoga pilates you know boot camp kettleball and all of that um so you know we're going to go back to doing one thing good eventually Mm -hmm. but it was surrendering in that moment of like it's almost survival of the fittest mode right you just want to make sure that I don't want my franchisees to have to close their studios and I don't want them to lose their homes and be out. So, you know, I think that all of us were so sensitive and Ryan Junk, who's the president, he so sensitive to that as well. Um, And, you know, we all had to 
let go a little bit mm. to make that happen. Mm. Okay, so once you realize that you had to let things sort of out of your control and um, studios rented their bikes out, um, some people were teaching, you know, classes online. So, so what, what was sort of this next process? Like I, you, I know you had to be thinking ahead, still not unsure of the exact time opening sort of walk, walk me, walk us through that next process. I think it goes back to education, right? We mm. quickly realized during this time, what a better time to have our franchisees attention Again, they're super busy all the time for them to get on an hour call to hear me speak or hear Vince or and Jesse Kern, our salespeople, speak about sales um, or operations to, you know, teach about, uh, talk about operations. Let's create education calls two a day. Sometimes there were three with all of us going back to how we would do franchise training. When somebody buys a franchise, they come out, we do a franchise training, we teach them everything from, you know, leasing a space to what that looks like, ordering the equipment to hiring, to sales, selling memberships, education, what that looks like, marketing, all those things. We walk them through, well, let's um, reinvest in these people. Um, and re-educate. Some of them were in the system five years ago and went through this training five years. And we've evolved tremendously. Mm. When we opened Cycle Bar five years ago, we didn't sell memberships. Now we're mostly membership. Our average studio has four to 500 memberships. So we, um, you know, to educate people who have unplugged and are going about their systems the way they were, like let's pull them in now, we have their attention, um, mm. and educate and give them knowledge. Uh, so that's, we, you know, we quickly went into that mode while we allowed them to do virtual classes of whatever they wanted to. Um, and uh, obviously working with um, vendors that we use as a company to, you know, not, stop payments for the next couple months so that they didn't have a lot of money going out the door during this time. Um, and really ways that they can encourage people to keep their memberships during this time. And that's providing some sort of service and product, which was renting out your bikes, doing virtual classes. Mm -hmm. So, so what, so like, Hey, first off in your career, um, I know it's been with cycling for, for so long. Um, so have you, has there, I know that there's never been something like COVID in history um, to this extent, but have you had to go through other things that you've had to get so creative and um, very unexpected things happen that prepared you for something like this? Um, yeah, I'm old. So I've, I've been through a lot, <laughs> right? But I, you know, I was also old. through like, you know, there when that financial crisis hit in, in, in the late 2000s, 2008, um, and, you know, people, you, you saw members, you know, coming, saving money because they've lost everything in the stock market or, um, 401ks went down to nothing. Um, and just being creative of, you know, I think I, I did this to drive revenue, like did a yearly membership where we would, you know, it was a flat fee. We'd set their bike up. They, you know, they could book for the every Saturday for the year in advance if they wanted to. Um, mm. They had priority of everything. Um, just to bring in that to cover during those times. I think also 9-11, um, I also mm. uh, was mm. uh, had my studio when 9-11 happened. And, you know, same thing, trying to get creative and bringing community back in when people were kind of paralyzed um, and didn't want to necessarily, everybody wanted to stay home. They had a lot of fear in the beginning. And just, you know, pivoting to let's do fundraisers, let's do charity rides, let's get them back in by doing charity rides. And it's a win-win. They're back in, we're back together, but we're raising money, right? Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I think I've been through it. Mm. Quite a bit. You, you know, I, I'm so glad that you're saying all this because I, I am hearing some common themes about creativity, 
um, education, um, attention to detail. And I think something that I'm going to do now and I have my notepad and I'm probably going to start taking notes while we're talking is like to really reflect on these last three months, whether you're the vice president of a company, whether you're an owner, whether whoever you are, and just realize all the ways you've had to pivot and get creative and be very detailed. Just like you said, Cycle Bar now has a crystal clear plan if this were to happen in the future, but to take the time, and I think more for a business, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, more for a business, you know, that this is something that you probably, you have to have written down, but more, you know, if people that are listening aren't, don't, aren't a vice president of a company or don't own a business, what are areas in your life that you had to pivot and write them all down because something big is going to happen. I mean, the only thing certain about the future is that it is uncertain right now. Sure. It's very, very uncertain, but it's just, do you think it's important for people to write down all these ways that they pivoted? Yeah, I do. I think it's really, you know, especially, you know, uh, people who have aspirations of starting their own business at mm. one day or opening that, like have a plan B. You know, I mean, had we had these processes and procedures in place, the what if, um, you know, it would have been the, the, the first couple weeks where we scrambled. And when I tell you we scrambled, I think the corporate team worked 15 to 18 hours a day um, making things work, making sure, uh, you know, we had to do so much stuff with our booking system and making sure that members weren't being charged and all sorts of things. Uh, and, and not everybody shutting down on the same day, right? It was like, who's shutting down today? Oh my gosh. And now we're doing that right now. It's who's opening up. Like we've opened, yeah. I don't know, I think we're at a, a hundred studios back open. Wow. Um, wow. I think, uh, after this weekend, it'll be, uh, 120, I think, open. So, uh, but same, we've been doing that, but just having a plan B, uh, I think it's really, really important to have a plan B because, you know, I don't think anybody, uh, I don't, I'm not pretty sure there wasn't a business out there who anticipated this, um, where, and I, I think that the, I do think that the culture and business will change. I mean, we're already seeing a lot of uh, big corporations, you know, getting out of their leases and most of their workforce will be working from home because it's doable. You put the right people in place. Um, you don't have a work uh, flow problem or a quality of work. Um, if you have the right people and the right leaders, people will work at home and get the work done. And in fact, uh, I think we work longer hours because we're not in our car driving. Uh, mm. So we're, we can get our stuff done and, and get right to work. Uh, we're not rushing around. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of that happen after COVID is that a lot, you know, employers are going to have a, a deeper trust in their employees mm. um, to well, work that, at home. You know, and that's what, what a blessing or just this new beginning Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I want to talk a little more about this plan B. So as a business, having a plan B, you said, isn't very important. I'm even thinking in my life, like I, I heard when I was younger um, to just like diversify your income. And, you know, I'm like very grateful for the life that my family has like provided for me. But um, over the last few years, I really done that. And I graduated with a marketing degree from Fresno State. So I've had freelance marketing clients. I um, taught at Cycle Bar, you know, I was doing Cycle Bar Go. So having these different things, and I think it's so important right now is, you know, write down all these things you're passionate about and if there's a way to do a few of them, I just like if it wasn't for having multiple stream of incomes or plan B's, just being so real with me, I don't know how I would have been able to pay rent in L.A. and live a lot like just yeah. live. You know, look, my wife owns a, a, a production company, okay. so her entire uh, company halted right on mm. March 15th. That was it. Um, she hasn't had any work uh, come in and, and you know, we, we looked at each other and I, and I honestly, by week April, the first week of April, knowing that this was going now, we're extended into May 15th of a, you know, when it got extended is what if Cycle Bar doesn't make it? You know, I didn't know, you know, by the grace of, you know, God, um, 
expo, uh, you know, was did not lay off any of wow. the corporate employees at all eight brands, um, which I, I don't know a company that didn't do that in the fitness community. Um, most fitness uh, companies did lay, lay off or furlough. So we were really lucky. But there was that moment where we were like, hey, we'll be, we can Instacart. I can, I can drive for Amazon. I mean, like, but we're that, you know, we're both those types of people that we're going to be go-getters, right? Um, you know, but I do think it's always great to be able to um, have plan Bs, like, you know, make sure you have, you know, money put away. Make yes, sure I- you have, um, you know, make sure you, you know, the greatest thing about having a, a IRA account or 401k, you know, you, you can touch them in crises like this, but you can't touch those. So you can't deplete those. So if you spend everything in this one, at the very least, you have that to fall back on in, you know, 10 years or 20 years. But, you know, I think so obviously taking care of your finances and and planning for times when you might not have income coming in. Um, But also not being so stuck in this is my job, this is what I do, um, this is all I can do. I mean, realize the endless possibilities of what we are capable of doing. And there, you know, I mean, I, I, I have a finance degree. I was a, you know, financial analyst um, out of college. I was a private investigator for over a decade. You know, I was a indoor cycling studio owner, instructor, and in, in, in to this. So it's like I've been really fortunate that I have been flexible and I'm able to like morph into something else um, easily. But I think that some people get so, this is what my degree is in. This is all I know. And you know so much more. So maybe even if, you know, learn other things. And it always goes back to learning, listening, educating um, so that you have a plan B, you have another skill set, especially in this day and age, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there, there's a couple things that, uh, from what you said, I want to share. So one is, um, in an, in another episode of season two, we dive deep into core values. And, um, my friend, Elisa, who's an executive coach asked me all these questions. So I find my vo- core values and what I've been doing lately, I wrote down all my core values and there's a small group and then there's a, a, a bigger group of all my values. And I've really been seeing like what careers or what hobbies or what things can I do that still embody a lot of them um, that, that I could pursue or what things that I can create with them and just really getting creative and not just saying, Luca, you're Luca, the cycle bar um, instructor or right. you're Luca, the marketer and just put everything in that. Because if I do, just like we've learned, if it's taken away from you, like some of your identity is lost in it. Sure. I mean, I think part of it is um, losing the ego so that if you have to, you know, you can take your core values and those things that drive you and um, that create all those amazing things in your life or that you want to be and you strive for all the time. You can take that and be an Instacart driver. Right. Mm. You, you know, it, the ego might make you think, oh, man, I said whatever I'm mowing lawns, whatever it is that you've taken step down. But, you, you know, you can find joy in everything if you choose to find joy in it. So I think it's really um, being in a place of where you don't have ego attached to what you do for a living. Um, because you can bring the joy and the love and the energy to mowing lawns, to cleaning pools, to delivering groceries, to, you know, there's so many things, right? So, um, yeah, I think it's yeah ego. Yeah. Who's the ego? See, you know, and it's an ego check and it's, I'm, I'm, don't I COVID is not a good thing, but the things that have happened of it, I'm very grateful for. And just like pulling this ego out, it's just how this is going to change the trajectory of legacies of families. You know what I mean? With people that are like passing on 
you know, an ego and maybe not realizing it because you're distracted and you're go, 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 go. But now that's sort of been stripped. So you have the choice, like you said, Tevia, to move forward um, and find joy in the little things, but say, you know what? Ego did not serve me. Like we talked a lot about in our last episode about getting rid of those things that don't serve us. Ego didn't serve me. And now it's not going to serve my kids or, or my community or my coworkers. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, being able to say to the people around you and um, even your kids is, hey, we went from a two income family, you know, to a one income family during COVID. Um, So, you know, we, we, we aren't going to spend money here right now. We're not going to spend money here. We might not go out for um, and do things that we would normally freely do or go buy this because I could buy it previously. I'm going to be smarter um, and be okay with that. You know, when friends say, hey, do you want to go when we get back to life? Ah, I can't do that right now. Um, and and again, that's not having that ego um, attached to it. And I think that a lot of people are going to come back from this. We've all taken hits financially. Um, mm-hmm. and we're going to be, you know, a little bit smarter with our money. Um, you know, I think, uh, I remember having this conversation with my mom who passed away a few years ago, but, you know, she would talk about the way, why she was the way with us. Um, with certain things financially was because her parents who lived through the great, you know, the depression, you know, and that really instilled in hers and in her. And I think that, you know, we went this period of time, certainly while I was, you know, since I was born in the 60s, um, we didn't have uh, to really worry as much. We didn't have anything that took away from us in the way that COVID has taken away from us. Um, you know, financially, lives, mm. um, everything about our existence kind of. So I think that, um, you know, it's it's kind of going to be a great lesson for our children of going back to the basics. And it's not as important to have all these things. Um, and it's really great to be able to sit like, we watch. I think we've seen we've seen every season as a family. We, we have uh, Master Chef Junior. And now we watch Master <laughs> Chef every. You know, I think we're on season oh, five or six. But my kids are now cute. chopping, and they they're like they're amazing little chefs. And my wife's an amazing chef, so they cook uh, all the time. And it's uh, finding those things that doesn't cost money, right? Um, finding those things that bring them joy as opposed to, uh, you know, physical monetary things that cost money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, Tevia's community, my community, Passion Place podcast community, please share with us some of these new things that are birthing because of COVID. Um, you know, like your kids are becoming little chefs. You know yeah. what I mean? I there's there. I'm like starting to become a chef too. I made scallops and salmon for the first time in my life, and I love it's it. so easy. Scallops. 90 seconds on one side, 90 seconds on the other after you get the stove and grill hot with some butter. You know, it's just... I learned that on MasterChef watching. Really? Yeah, and I'm a vegan, (laughs) Um, but I did see that. I could probably do a good scallop now. Um, But yeah, I I think that, you know, again, it's, it's the lessons learned are that there's always more to learn. Um, There's always room for growth. There's always more room for evolution. And until we're six feet under, that's just going to be a process. And these mm. these situations force us to go outside of our comfort zones, have the uncomfortable uh, conversations about what if, what do I do if my job, what if I do, if I get laid off tomorrow, what are we going to do? Um, how are we going to manage it? Um, so, you know, it's forced us to look at things that we wouldn't have looked at three months ago or six months ago. A hundred percent. And what came up for me is, you know, it's very easy and simple. I, um, 
to be <laughs> living in our core values, being happy, finding joy when everything, um, when those big life lessons and challenges aren't happening. But as we talked about um, in last episode, everything's accelerated right now, good or bad. And we yeah. had to to work through some of this stuff and, and realize how can I stay authentically Luca Petrucci? How can you say authentically Tevia Selly? Um, through this challenge and it's not a challenge that like is a week or or, or you just have a, a hard conversation and then it gets better this is so much bigger that we really don't know how long it's going to be and there sure. could be another one next year or you know who who knows yeah it's all it's uncertain uh for sure so i think that it's just there's humility in knowing that you're not as good as you're going to be at some point, like we are going to evolve and grow and be better um, if we choose. And so, you know, I think when you accept that, then you have these possibilities to pivot at work. Um, or And, and these the same conversations have to be had if you're a business owner or you're mm. a VP of a company or president of a company um, is you know, you have to have the conversations with your employees of, hey, we don't know how long we're going to be able to keep you on, but we're going to do our best to ride this out and keep you, you know, employed. If we have to lay you off, it's, you know, we are going to bring you right back on when we can. I think that communication has to happen. Um, you know, the conversations at work with your employees with the people who rely on your services, all of that, again, open communication, super key. Hmm. So, you know, it, it just, it's that, that's one of the things from, you know, COVID that we all know that communication is important. And, you know, that's what we say. We want a, effective communicator in a boss and coworker and a boyfriend and a girl, you know, we say it, but it's in these moments that you got to work it out. So Tevia, going back to just pivoting in work, um, what were some feelings that came up for you? You shared a little bit, but when you were in that like initial reaction mode, was there like anger? Was there fear? Was there worry? Was there doubt? What were some of the things that came up for you um, in Cycle Bar and how did you work through those? Um, I don't, you know, I think the initial fear was like, oh my God, this could be it. We're, we're going to close down. I'm not going to have a job. You know, went to Laura, we're like, we're both gonna I, we literally both did the paperwork for instacart um by the second i think it was like we're like we got to get in here just in case and it was like by march 20th i had my paperwork downloaded the app from my phone just in case like i got the notice i'm out i'm there i'm surviving i'm gonna take care of my family so instacart what, we love you and right? tevia tevia look you are very humble very humble absolutely um i got i got you know kids to feed um so once i got that out of the way and i think a lot we you know i got that out of the way it's like okay i'm gonna be okay the what ifs right mm. um uh the what ifs and and sometimes if you get too caught up in the what ifs you can't be present and so it was just just stay present and do today and in this moment what can i do how can i solve what is the solve for my franchisees how can i you know what needs to be solved right now to allow them to survive so it, um i think that really what it became about and i think same, you know, with family, friends, everything. What's what's my solve here? What's the solution to get me through, to get them through? And as, um, you know, a, a, a vice president of experience and, you know, the, the SVP, Trevor and, and Ryan, the three of us worked a lot in the very beginning closely and got talked all the time of, you know, What's what? How do we solve? What what? What's your idea? What's your idea? What can we do? So I think that that's um, the only way we got through those initial. I want to call it the twenty-one days of shutting everyone down because it was about twenty-one days. Really. Um, for all the studios to shut down. So I think you know it's like how do what's our solve today? And those mm. morning check-ins, you know, it's almost like the check-in with ourselves we do in the morning. You know, yes. if, if you're that person who checks himself in the morning before you go on 
um, about your day, which I highly recommend. Um, you know, we would do our morning check-in and we're still doing it. Uh, you know, what's, what, what do you, what's coming up? What do we have to solve for today? What is your team solving for? What is your team solving? What do you, what have you heard that maybe we should get out in front of? Uh, so those kind of things, super mm. important. So, yeah. So it, it sounds like it, but, um, I want to know for sure, has this brought cycle bar closer? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, originally cycle bar was owned by another company, um, and it sold in 2017. And so, uh, some of the franchisees early on, the new franchisees, you know, we, it's just like version one, version two, because we evolved as a brand. <laughs> um, you know, because you've taught, yeah. so, you know, you've taught at Santa Monica, which is more of a V1 studio to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, and, and I started my career as a student at Cycle Bar Fresno. Right, so, so you've I, seen I totally the evolution of studios, what they look like and, 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 and mm-hmm, stuff, and, mm-hmm. and maybe how we've, change the the playbook um, of running them. So I think it brought um, all of a lot of these uh, different people together uh, mm-hmm. where they didn't see themselves on the same field. Now they do. So I think that, that um, we did a really good job of that. We quickly created um, uh, a forum for them where they can reach out to us and we uh, – took ownership of responding at all hours of the day. So if somebody was on the East Coast, somebody in our team was responding, you know, at, mm. at 6 a.m. when it was 9 a.m. and something was posted. Um, but they, they also got to rely on each other. Mm. Um, and sometimes when you're a franchisee, you think of yourself as a mom and pop because you kind of are a mom and pop. And that's the greatest thing about a franchise um, situation is because that owner you know, invests themselves and they create the culture in their studio. Uh, and it varies from franchisee to franchisee. And sometimes they often, you know, see themselves as swimming alone. And now they have this group of people that they mm. are relying to answer questions for them and relying on them not to be negative and complain about situations, but solving. Like, let me help you solve this. I have a question. And then 10 franchisees now solve that question. And mm. now we're... So I, I really think that coming out of this... Um, We are going to be a stronger company. I think our franchisees are going to be stronger uh, because they now know they have 200 partners. Wow. Studios um, that, you know, maybe they've got to know people because they're more active in this forum together. Uh, They've been on a lot of calls together. Uh, They've, uh, you know, we have uh, studios in... New Jersey, and there's a ton of them. And now they all get together for a call every week. Um, we How have beautiful. that in uh, other demographics as well, where there's multiple studios. And I think, um, you know, it's people coming together as opposed mm. to staying apart, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's, there's wow. a lot of lot of good that has, has come out, and I think we're going to be stronger. And I also think that our franchisees realize how much um, Cycle Bar as a franchisor really cares about them mm. Um, mm. because in the way that we stepped up. And so, you know, it, it, instead of seeing us as a problem or their problem, they now see us as their ally um, and they're willing to listen, um, which is awesome. And, and, and we're, we, we learn so much from them. So again, mm. it goes mm. back to the conversation of be a good listener and be willing to learn in every situation. And so we learned so much from them. We took things that they were doing and put them into our COVID playbook. So they gave us, so really relying on them now. So Teva, you just talked about um, beautiful partnership within Cycle Bar. And I think that's something that like myself and and if you're listening, um, you know, how have you partnered with your community during this time? 
You know, I I think about like for me uh, as a freelance marketer, I've um, partnered with yeah, people that I never would have partnered with to help because of this that like we found you know, you know somebody like reached out to me for marketing because they knew that I had more time because I wasn't teaching cycling sure. and we've built this beautiful relationship and and, and now I'm it's um, part of this coaching program through Light Your Leadership, a self-leadership company. And it's like, it, yeah, just these partnerships that are coming in, you know, talking about like with, I know Cycle Bar in Culver City, um, Steph has partnered with local businesses um, in Culver City. So it's like, how can you partner with people close to you, industries close to you? Um, and don't be afraid just to, to ask people about partnering. Because like when I was asked, I wanted to be asked, but but I never was because people thought I was busy. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you can't be afraid to connect with other people. Um, fitness industry, we often competition, right? So, but it's great to be able to, uh, you know, if you're in a, in a city where there's, I'm going to speak cycle bar, like there's a cycle bar, but there's not another expo brand because we like to partner with our brands, obviously. And we, we have that connection and, um, all of our systems work together, um, in all of our brands. But if you're not in another brand that has an ex or a city that has a, another expo brand, like partner with your local Pilates studio or your local bar studio and do a community event, or maybe it's a fundraising, uh, maybe it's a joint, you know, if you're still closed down, maybe it's a joint Zoom class together where one is doing one modality and the other is mm. doing the other. Um, I think that, you know, again, coming together is, you know, we're always stronger in numbers. So mm. as business owners and, and businesses, it's essential to have allies, even if they aren't in your same uh Area. So whether, you know, it be a juice company or, you know, a clothing store or, a, you know, whatever it is, partner, how can we help? And I thought Steph did a great job Mother's Day with, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that flower company, mm -hmm. right? They knew that they were going to do this bouquet of flowers and Steph put in a free class card. That's a great partnership, right? Um, so I think, you know, asking and reaching out and being vulnerable to, and it's okay if somebody doesn't want to, yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. Don't yeah. take it personally. <laughs> um, I know, you know the, the, the no's are just part of the process. Yeah. And connecting isn't for everyone. You know, some people, you know, they're, they're going, you know, leave the judgment, move on. Um, you'll find a good ally and partner that you can partner with. Hmm. But I do think those partnerships are key. You know, and season two of Living in Your Passion Place podcast, it's all about um, how are you living in your passion place? How are you loving and how are you learning? And for me, um, I mean, we've learned so much about how you're learning and living and loving in this passion place. And I'm just like really thinking about this right now. So I am also learning in my passion place, which is podcasting and connecting. But I think it's so important. Um, I have as I know you do too, just a lot of like development and life conversations with your community. And if you haven't had these conversations, I know just throughout this conversation I have with you, Tevia, like these things about partnership and collaboration and communication are things you're sort of like checking me. So you're sharing all this, but I'm like, okay, now in my work life, in my family life, am I really communicating effectively and making sure everything's clear? Am I partnering to the best of my ability? Because one thing that came up during COVID for me with partnering was that, like we talked about this control. You know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I excel for greatness. That's what I like <laughs> to say. Um, but it's like realizing that we are hardwired to connect genetically. That's what we're here to do. So I, I just appreciate, um, I, I'm just excited for this new format of the podcast, focusing really on the learning because yeah, the, as much as, you know, I hope that people that are listening are learning, I'm learning so much about this. So now, like, I just, sorry, I really had to share that because it just, uh, it was just a beautiful thing. Yeah, I can I say something? It's like, and I think it's important is that even though we learn and we evolve and we check ourselves and we um, make these great steps to being better as humans, um, there are going to be moments 
where we fall back. You know, there are still, there are moments where I lose my stuff. You know, I lose it. Um, you know, I am not always calm. I am not always zen. I am not always, you know, you know, oh, for those of you that are listening, is this true? Uh, it's true. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have moments and, you know, again, it's, it's humility and embrace humility and, um, you know, be, I, I, I've apologized to my kids several times in this, uh, you know, several weeks of, that we've been in this three months. I've apologized to my spouse. I've apologized to some of the people I work with. So, again, I think, um, you know, humility, we're human. And not every day, you know, when, you, when you're on that um, living in your passion and, and, and core values, we're not always going to um, find ourselves embracing all of it all the time. <laughs> it's you know, sometimes we're going to lose our shit excuse my language. And, mm, okay, you know, part of the journey is finding our way back. And every time we find our way back, hopefully um, that we leave a little bit more of that part there. Mm. So when it, we find our way back, it doesn't come back with us. And then the next mm. time where we lose our shit, it's not as bad. And, you know, eventually we phase it out. Mm. So you I know, think it, it's... It, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's like taking the upgrade. It's like taking the upgrade on communication, on yes. partnership. And you know what's coming up, and I shared a video about this on social media maybe a month or two ago, but it's like, okay, is it what permission slip is it time for in your life? And for me, it was grace. And what I've one of the many things I've learned during um, COVID and during just everything going on is grace for myself first, because I'm so hard on me. And then I'm hard on others and just having grace. And, you know, we've never done this before. You know, we we're going to mess up. You know, we're going to say something wrong. We're going to, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know what? Probably yeah, I mean, acceptance, right? Acceptance yeah. of ourselves. I mean, if we don't accept ourselves, we don't set, accept other people um, and people as they are. And that comes to, you know, this time of Black Lives Matter movement. Um, yeah. You know, if we, if we don't check ourselves, if stuff's coming up um, for us during this time, is we got to check ourselves of we're not we're not accepting of us so that we can be accepting of other people, um, because this is what we're called to do right now. I really believe that we have been called um, on every level to um, to put our attention and intention into Black Lives Matter so that they have the same playing field that we have and the same rights that my kids have and that I have. Um, so, mm. you know, the part of that is is literally um, accepting ourselves. And, you know, we're better in business, we're better in relationships, we're better in life when we have that full acceptance of who we are. Mm-hmm. So, so this, you just, you know, bringing, bringing what's happening with racism, just coming to the forefront, something that's just always been there, which is so sad. Um, so moving forward with cycle bar, what are some, some mindsets or some like creative, um, pivots or shifts that you're going to make, um, to really stand and speak about this? You know, I think, um, as a company, we've, we definitely have taken the time this week to, um, recognize shortcomings um you know i love our marketing team and they've done always done a really good job and all of our you know if you go to our instagram page everybody's represented um we are we do promote ourselves as an inclusive brand um you know we have instructors that are two you know 250 pound females um we we invite everyone every age every size every color but um you know specifically making sure that our um, black um, instructors and owners, we do have quite a few uh, franchisees um, who are black, um, but the GMs, the cycle stars, the the uh, CVX that help at the front desk, um, all that they feel 
that they have everything they need to be successful, that they feel that they're on the same playing field um, as everyone else. So I think for us, it's recognizing our shortcomings and just figuring out how we uh, educate ourselves better. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. um, we, we actually talked about this today. We had a call today and it's just, you know, we need to, we've done the, we've done uh, mandatory training um, for all corporate employees on, you know, sexual harassment and harassment uh, and race, everything before, but maybe, you know, it needs to be focused more on race right now. And that's something that we need to look at because even the, you know, my master, the master instructor team going out and training people of, you know, what, is the simplest thing of saying, I don't uh, hate rap music. That could be interpreted as being racist, and we have to be aware of that. And so understanding and finding out what are those things, um, you know, that, yeah. that might offend. You, you know, know, yeah, because I mean, because that could just go down systemically. Why yeah. somebody doesn't t- doesn't it love rap music? Because maybe how they how they grew up. But I, I tell you, I, I'm so glad that you're saying this because being part of Cycle Bar um, as a writer and an instructor for over three years. I definitely know that Cycle Bar is a very inclusive company. Um, I felt that being gay, I mean, just on all different levels. I mean, it's somebody that just whoever you are, wherever you are, Cycle Bar can be home for you. Um, But it's just awesome hearing that now today you can be better. You know what I mean? And that's just something that like we can, everybody can just level up and take the upgrade to be better allies today. Yeah, better allies, better educate ourselves, listen, listen, right? I mean, really, really listen. And so taking the time, um, you know, we've we've kind of collected some resources for, um, you know, that are available that we can all watch to have a better Mm -hmm. understanding. Uh, And again, you know, do our part. Everybody should. I mean, every white person, whether they have... A hundred gay, you know, a hundred black friends. They still don't know what it's like to wake up black every day. Um, you know, so it's educating ourselves on every single area of the things, how we live our lives and how we can be better allies and make it their life better for them. And uh, we all have a lot. We have a long way to go. We do have a yeah. long way to go. But yeah. I think that the, you know, the the ice has been broken. I think that, um, you know, slowly away, chipping away, uh, small improvements over the years. But this is now going to change so much. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like... Where do you start in your community? Like you're starting in your family, in Cycle Bar. For me, you know, I, I, I have switched gears, pivoting with this podcast and really focusing on African-American and, and people of color, that community, and not just for a little bit, just from now on, and highlighting people that are Asian-American, Native American, um, straight, gay, um, you know, people that um, are called overweight or underweight, you know, just everybody, because everybody is going through something. But right now, the real focus is just... This to the black community. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, uh, I'm so yeah, passionate Yeah, only about the, that. I mean, yeah, and I think that, you know, companies right now are faced with such a huge challenge because um, I see companies, I've seen, you know, I've been paying a lot of attention to what other people are doing and some people are overcompensating. Um, and um, it's, you know, you could post all day long. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean anything. You've got to change. Um, you know, you got to break the system and change from internally um, to have changes externally. External changes aren't going to happen if you don't do the work. Um, a post on social media isn't going to make a change. And I recognize, you know, again, um, my own opportunities for growth. And you know, normally, I, say a cycle star sent me a DM the other day and said, "Thank you." for being an advocate and posting to your database of followers who might not know better or might not see these posts. 
um, that they might that they need to see. And normally, when somebody sends me, and I get a lot of DMs from instructors all the time, and you know, some people would say thanks for this or thanks for that, and I would just graciously do this, you know, the little prayer thing and heart <laughs> and, you know, leave it at that. And it was, it was, you know, my responsibility was where I chose to shift was, thank you so much. You know, if you have suggestions on how I can do better, how we can do better, I, I'm open to having a dialogue with you. Mm. So, you know, I think that that's where, you know, my shift and I think my responsibility is having conversations where maybe we didn't have those conversations before. Mm-hmm. So, so Tevia, um, t- to finish this off with, with all, everything that you've learned through COVID, through this experience about just being better, um, what are some things that excite you um, for the future with like new beginnings that you learn, blessings that you learn, um, and, and what should incite, um, excite instructors, owners, writers, the world about Cycle Bar and about one of your passion places? So I think that, you know, um, and I've been saying this to all the owners, I've been doing a lot of calls, is this is an opportunity to re-enter um, and re-establish um, culture that you want to establish. So you, we, we get, again, we get stuck in our ruts and you might have certain people in your studio that um, don't execute and value the culture that you're trying to establish. Um, Maybe they're always creating drama. Maybe they're not, they're on their phone instead of, you know, uh, connecting with the clients. Um, You know, really taking people out who, don't support your vision as an owner or as a studio owner. Um, and I think as an instructor, I think we've all learned what it's like to be here with our community when we were here for so long. And so, you know, coming back in, I, I think there's uh, more respect for that feeling that was taken away from us, that constant flow of energy and exchange between the rider um, and the instructor or, and, you know, the member in the, your community, uh, you take it for granted when it's mm. day in and day out. So mm. I th- I'm excited for that because there's no doubt that, um, we strive for human connection. We love, you know, it's, I, I think that majority of people want to be connected and there's nothing greater than having that community within your community or the or the several communities within your community i have a community of moms you know the parents that you hang out with you have your community of of cycle bar people you community of work people um of just coming back with just a better uh love and respect for them and and how we've all evolved and emerged um in this time and during this time yeah it's just yeah i I definitely have felt very connected, like just from a cycle bar stance to like the community and to other instructors and just going back. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm excited for that too. And, and not to take any of it for granted because as we know, as ever, that's the one, every single person has experienced that it can be taken away from us. Sure. Um, so, so Tevi, to finish this off, we're going to finish with like four rapid fire questions. Oh. But <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't share these with you at all, but they're, they're things that really like embody, um, who I am, my core values, my passion place. So, um, and I think some of them, I know some of them do for you. So, um, just first thing that comes to your head, your current jam that you're rocking out to. Um, I I hate to say this, but it, it's let it go. Um, (laughs) because Scott, my daughter is so obsessed with it. And the other day, yesterday I was out in the back watering and I'm like, singing it and I'm like I said to Laura I was like oh my god I think I was singing it so loud that the neighbors heard me I'm so embarrassed um so no um but I've gone back from that to I've actually gone back to listening to a lot of 70s music because Mm. I felt like it was um it's so about different movements during the time of the 70s and the 60s so a lot of the Beatles and a lot of you know um that talk about the fight and the struggle of evolution and getting people to recognize people so um I've gone back to that in the last five days um, with an occasional let it go. 
what a, what a mix. Okay, I'm for sure sharing. Um, I did a, a Disney ride, and I have a Let It Go remix that's it had trap remix. So I'm going to share that with you. I'll um, never okay. play it, but my daughter will play it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not yeah. ashamed. I'm not ashamed. It actually brings joy. We did a drive-by to somebody who, one of my wife's uh, person who works for her, and she loves that song. She loves Frozen and whatever. It's one of her things. So we blared it. And Ryder said at some point, he goes, at the end of it, he goes, I hate that song, but you can't deny how good it makes you feel. Like, it makes me feel good when I sing it. So, you know, we all find ourselves around the house singing it um, in the last three weeks. Um, so, yeah. so there it is. Um, okay, most inspiring person in your life right now? Uh, my kids, both of mm. them. Um, mm. Because going through this COVID um, and watching them adapt, um, it's inspiring because they don't have all the wisdom that we have. Um, mm. So really inspiring for me. Mm. Oh. That's sweet. Um, okay, last two. So your favorite book or podcast about self-development? Uh, right now, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to grab okay. it. Oh, grab it. Grab I'm it. Tell it. me. Um, it's called Leading Without Authority by Keith Ferrazzi. I've known Keith for had maybe 30 years. Uh, we were connected by a, a mutual friend. Um, and he's um, a leader in... A, uh, going into companies and um, fixing broken systems. And so it's really about co-elevation and, and bringing teams together and not necessarily being a leader, but being part of the team and allowing your team to lead with you. Mm, so leading, um, leading with authority. What's his leading name? Without, leading, oh, leading, leading without. Leading without authority. Without. Uh, I think it's right now Oops. it's the number one uh, on the uh, Amazon list. Uh, Keith wow. Ferrazzi, F-E-R-R-A-Z-Z-I. Um, great, great book. Okay, and I'm getting better at show notes this season, so I'll put that in there. And lastly, okay, I think I've said this to you before, but I want to say it again. So we talked a lot about living in your core values with your family, with your friends, living um, and at work, living um, in your passion place. One word that just embodies that to you. First thing that's coming to your mind. Um, humility. Mm. Mm. I mean, humility. Because, uh, you, you know, without it, you can't really, you can't come back always to that, those core values if you don't accept that humility within yourself and have it to find your way back. Mm -hmm. So. Well, so that's it. Humility. The, the, we're finishing the word off. That's such a great word to finish. And Tevia, thank you for this. Um, oh my gosh. I, I, anytime. Well, I could talk to you for days. Like we, we should do like a marathon. Pod. Let's go for the Guinness Book of World Records marathon podcast. Because um, I think you and I could do that. For yeah, sure. no, I. Yes, I think we could. And okay, you said it. So maybe later in season two or season three, um, Tevia is coming back. So Tevia, thank you so much. And Absolutely. I can't wait for, for everyone to hear this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode and being a part of this conversation. I hope it has you connecting with your passion place a little more and talking about it with your community. Connect with us on Instagram at Passion Place Podcast and on Facebook at Living in Your Passion Place. I really enjoy seeing what you learned and loved about each episode when you share it on your stories, profiles, and with me in person. 